Have I been to Buffalo more times than you have? Absolutely. If you've been there once, that would be more I, than I have. As many times as I've been there. Then yes, the answer is yes. Welcome into this week's episode of the Sports Gospel. It is part two of our NFL preview. We did the NFC last week. We're doing the AFC this week. And as we were just discussing before we started recording, we're doing this on the heels of the Bills putting a whooping on the defending champion Rams. It was 10 to 10 at halftime. And then Kevin's Buffalo Bills dominated the second half. So we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to go division by division here, team by team. And last week we were surprisingly on the same page with a lot of these teams. We'll see how we are this week with three different opinions Two diehard AFC fans and then myself on this one. So we'll talk about their teams, how they feel about their selective franchises that they cheer for and the conference as a whole. Let's start right there. Let's start with the AFC East. To me, it feels like a division where there is a clear cut top team in the Bills, a clear bottom team in the Jets. And then depending on your opinion, you have the Pats and the Dolphins in the middle I go Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. I'll, I can get into it more here in a minute. I want to give you guys the full time to give the breakdown. But what are you seeing from the AFCs? How do you see this shaking out? I'll take the same order as you. I'll say I think probably the, the Dolphins and Patriots is the the interesting part that you can talk about there in the middle. But um, I think in the playoffs last year, the Pats probably showed a little bit of where they have issues and getting destroyed by the Bills. Um, so even though they made it to the playoffs, they looked okay at times. Um, it just kind of seemed like their whole team was one big Band-Aid, and they can mask maybe some things that they're not so good at. Dolphins have some players. Um, they're the Dolphins, so it's hard to trust them of doing a lot to to make a push anywhere into the playoffs. But if, they, if they're one of the last teams to get into the playoffs, that would not surprise me. Patriots, no playoffs. Jets. They got a lot of young talent, probably hard to be um, successful on a regular basis with a lot of young guys, but um, it seems like at least for the first time in a while, they're heading in the right direction. They do have a good amount of youth on that team. Uh, but if, if Joe Flacco is the answer, you don't want to know the question and that's how they're starting their season. So they're already behind uh, the thing with the dolphins. I, I took two uh, in a fantasy football draft just because uh, I didn't want anybody else to have him should he hit his stride in the middle of the season with all those weapons that he has. I don't want to lose to two. I don't have faith in the in the Dolphins as an organization. However, there's a ton of weapons on that team. So they, in theory, they should be the second best team. Uh, what I wonder about the Bills, does does losing Brian Dable hurt them in the long run? Like, will, will we see more maturation out of Josh Allen without Brian Dable there as the offensive coordinator? Uh, the, the, the order of finish, you guys probably got it correct. Um, I, I still, I, I could see the Bills regressing back a little bit throughout the season. And if the Dolphins hit it right, keeping it close, but you probably got the order correct. The Bills feel like they're the trendy pick that everybody's talking about, which almost feels like you never want to be that team because the team that everybody is on your bandwagon rarely ever wins it. They may go 13 and four, probably feast on this division. I don't have their schedule in front of me right this moment, but they, it kind of feels like, okay, you're done being cute. It was fun a couple of years ago. Yay for the Bills. They were this little engine that could team. They were down for so long. They rose to the top, kind of like the Bengals in the last couple of years. It's like, okay, Josh Allen, you've been around since 2018. It's time to shine. It's time to see what you can do. A lot of the old guard is gone or over the hill. This is your time to shine. So it's getting to the point where the Bills need to, I hate to say this, put up or shut up. But they, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just always leery of a team that gets all the attention. I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I like Stephon Diggs. Their offensive line is decent, not amazing. Bringing Roger Saffold is a big deal for them. Guy feels like he's been around the league forever. Everybody's falling in love with Isaiah McKenzie as a slot receiver to replace Cole Beasley. And the defense, they go almost too deep at every defensive line position now that Von Miller is there. Guys like Ed Oliver, Greg Russo, Boogie Basham. uh, Unsung heroes like Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds have been around there a long time. Secondary is an interesting mix of veterans like Poyer and Hyde and then two rookies starting at corner, which is a little bit concerning. But with the rest of the veterans around them, that's 
going to work out in their favor, you'd have to think. And looking at the Bills, I don't know really how much they lost. Cole Beasley may be the best player they lost. You have guys like Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes. Not a lot of talent leaving the Bills. Kind of a team that stood pat, bringing Vaughn Miller is a huge change for them. That's what concerns me about how much the Patriots lost. Look at guys who I think are kind of tried and true Bill Belichick guys, uh, especially on defense, Chase Winovich, Jamie Oliver, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, J.C. Jackson, especially J.C. Jackson, the big one. The rest of them is like the entire receiving core. And then Shaq Mason and Ted Karras are both with other teams now. The Patriots lost a lot. So while the Dolphins are going out there bringing in Taron Armstead and uh, Tyreek Hill, the Patriots lost a lot. Yes, trusting Tua is very, very scary. But I think the Patriots lost a lot while the Dolphins added and the Bills largely stood pat. Quickly on the receivers for the Bills, you mentioned uh, McKenzie, which I also agree. Gabriel Davis, I think, is probably undervalued. What was it, the Chiefs game last year in the playoffs that he had three touchdowns or something like that? Just really played well. Um, today, he had 88 yards and a touchdown in the game today. Obviously, Diggs is good. Um, Jamison Crowder, though, I don't know if anyone has probably really paid much attention to him being on their team. Three catches, 28 yards today. He had like one um, good season with the Commanders, right? Like three years ago? He had, a, he had a number of good seasons. You know, he's obviously been around a little while, and he doesn't need to be a starter, and he doesn't need to be a star. But if that's your fourth option as a receiver, I think I feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, looking back at past years, I haven't always felt great about their receivers until maybe later in the year last year. Um, but I feel like now their receiving core as as good as it has been for a while. Um, the offensive line is good enough. Um, running backs, you know, I, I feel like Singletary, I've, I've never been super high on him, but towards the end of last year, he started showing a little bit more. Does James Cook get to play much? Yeah, I think he only had one carry today. He didn't really do a whole lot today. Does he get more involved as the season goes on? Hopefully, because um, I'm not sure Zach Moss is a great second option, but um, they need you know some other people to get some carries besides Singletary and Josh Allen always running the ball. So um, overall, feel really good. And then as as mentioned, the cornerbacks is slightly concerning. Um, you know, hopefully that gets figured out. Von Miller looked very fresh and it's, you know, playing the Rams, maybe, maybe it's hard to tell, especially early in the game, pretty hyped for that, but hopefully he has a lot of uh, legs left in him throughout the whole season, because if he plays like he did today, um, be a great, great addition to the team. Uh, a couple of quick running back related points here that you made me think of. Am I the only person in the world not in love with James Cook? Everybody and their mother is doing NFL previews this week. So we are riding the gravy train with him. But everybody's talking about how great James Cook is. We all love James Cook, James Cook, James Cook. And, oh, he had to share time at Georgia, and the Bills are keeping him under wraps. I, If anybody wants to take this bet with me, James Cook will not have more than 500 yards rushing this year. I don't know why everybody is in love with him. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't understand. I think Brees Hall, who we're going to talk about more in a minute, Kenneth Walker, I think some of these other rookie running backs are going to be way better. This entire division does running back by committee. If you look at Dolphins and the Bills doing it, the Patriots always do it. The Jets, again, Mr. Brees Hall, we can talk about here in a minute, may be the only one that has a true bell cow. But every team in the AFC East, no real star running backs, but there's another guy coming up with the Chiefs I want to talk about as well. But there's two guys who it seems everybody wants to talk about this week, and James Cook is one of them. And I just I don't I don't see it. I don't get it. Let's see, here's a third running back taken and which seemed probably kind of high, you know, as, as a, as a Bills fan and Iowa State fan, I was hoping they would have uh, taken Brees Hall with the first pick just for my own pleasure. But with him gone and Walker gone, I mean, that's, I don't know, some of those other guys that taken after him look like they might be a little bit more productive this, this first season. Um, if he got 500 yards, I would be super happy with that. I think that would be a really good people are talking about him. Like he's the next coming of Derrick Henry. And I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know him well enough as a player, but the bills, the bills have drafted really well the past. I think I thought Shannon muted himself mid sentence. Talking about James Cook, right? Yep. Yep. So, so James Cook, 
I don't know enough about him as a player to give an opinion, but I can tell you that the Bills have drafted really well the past five years. It is hard to argue with um, any of their decision-making to go against that. He, it seemed like he was the number two guy at Georgia. You know, he talked about splitting time, but Samir White seemed to be the main guy that people would talk about. Um, but yeah, the Bills, the Bills drafting has been well um, overall great GM work. So at this point, I wouldn't want to debate their pick, um, but I don't, I don't see him being a star anytime soon. And talking about rookie running backs in this division, I just said his name a couple of times. Brees Hall could probably very easily lead this division in rushing. I think he's starting second on the depth chart behind one of the Michael Carter Carters they have with the jets. I think very quickly he takes that job and runs all over this division I don't think he's not going to be a pro bowl back, but I think he's the best there is the jets decent offensive line. Not amazing. And I think they're going to try to find a lot of ways to get the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands. Brees Hall is a good dual threat for that. Jets are one of those teams where you're just kind of waiting for somebody to pop. Is Quinton Williams going to become a star? Can somebody like Solomon Thomas have a career reclamation there? Sauce Gardner. Is he really going to be the sauce Gardner we expect, but I expect the jets to be another team drafting the top six or seven again. I don't think they're the worst team in the league. I think Zach Wilson takes a good step forward, but do not expect the Jets to be in the playoff hunt. No. All right, so we did Kevin's Bills. Time for Shannon's Bengals. Talking about the AFC North and a kind of a weird division this year. I don't know what to make of it. Feels like any one of these teams could win it. The Bengals obviously coming back from almost winning the Super Bowl. They lost a few pieces, I believe, on the defense, especially in the secondary, but Bring back Burrow, kind of the the triplets they have there with Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon, uh, strengthening the offensive line, which was huge. The Browns, we know what's going on there with the Deshaun Watson deal. That team is a Super Bowl contender outside of quarterback. The Ravens, what are we going to see out of Lamar Jackson? Then the Steelers are the Steelers. I don't. Somehow they're going to will their way to nine and eight. I can't see them going lower than five hundred. I don't think they're a playoff team, but AFC North feels like it's anybody's race. It doesn't seem anywhere near as clear cut as the AFC East, probably the most wide open, if I were to say that, not the best. I think any one of these four teams has a shot. So what order are you putting in the AFC North? My order is, is Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers. And, and let me tell you why first with starting with the Bengals, we can look at the pieces they've added on the O-line and, and this is going against everything the Bengals have done for the past 30 years, like identifying a weakness and then spending money in free agency to fix that weakness. They, they don't ever do that. So you have to give them credit as an organization for, for finally doing something like that. The bigger thing going against them is a team that loses the Super Bowl to come back the next year they even struggle to make the playoffs, let alone get back. And so I think just history is against them. Um, I remember talking to you guys a year and a half ago, telling you that after the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl, they wouldn't make it back to the Super Bowl. And sure enough, they lost in the AFC title game and didn't make it back to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are u- uber talented. You named a couple of players on offense. There's not a lot of teams that possess that kind of skill set, but it's a matter of putting it all back together, flushing out that Super Bowl and being ready to go. I've got the Steelers at plus 215 on the money line to beat the Bengals week one. Um, they're hungry. They're ready to go. They put all their eggs in the Mitch Trubisky basket for this year, and you mentioned them winning nine games. Well, they'll knock the Bengals off week one because the Bengals are going to come in thinking, oh, we won we won the AFC last year. Let's go back. Uh, that's why I have them at three. Uh, the Browns at two because I think they'll be able to hold on just enough with all the pieces they have until Deshaun Watson gets back to make a push. Uh, they, they probably won't be a playoff team, but they'll be on the cusp. And then the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson in a contract year, uh, he's he's looking to become the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. Uh, they're going to ball out. They're, they're a team that always gets better. They draft phenomenally well. Uh, uh, just a great organization. So that's why I went Ravens, Browns, Bengals, and Steelers in the division. 
Ravens. Did it, Lamar, was Lamar Jackson hurt later in the season last year? Did he miss games after he did his little end zone flip? I'll, yeah, he missed like six games, and oh. Tyler Huntley was in. Okay. So they finished on a six-game losing streak last year to finish eight and nine. So they were probably in a decent spot to win the division. He went out, and then they fell off. It seems like they've been a really good regular season team for four or five years now. Um, so as long as he's healthy, I like them to do well in the regular season. I wouldn't take him anywhere in the playoffs. Um, the Bengals, that I also believe in that Super Bowl hangover. I was looking at the uh, the numbers that don't seem to quite back it up as well as I was hoping it would from a statistics standpoint. Um, but, you know, even just kind of a slower middling start, kind of fall behind a little bit, it'll be kind of hard to catch back up. So I'm going to say the Ravens win. I'll put the Bengals in second. The Steelers, you know, what do they get from the quarterback position? A big question. Um, you know, I don't really know what they have left for receiver that's all that good. I would say the Steelers and the Browns will be pretty close. You know, the Browns is all the focus on Deshaun Watson. Outside of him, they have a lot of talent still. It's not like they're a bad Browns team. They just have a big a big storyline at quarterback and then a lot of other talent. So last year, every team had between 10 and 8 wins. I wouldn't be surprised if that is pretty close to what happens again this year. Ravens on top, Bengals, and then I'll say Steelers, Browns. Maybe they tie for last place. It's funny that you mention uh, the Steelers not having wide receivers. Their, their best wide receiver is Deontay Johnson. And then Darren's two favorite wide receivers in the NFL, Chase Claypool and George Pickens, are also on the roster. At least those two catch balls that are thrown to them. Deontay Johnson treats it like it's a volleyball spike. He's the best. I'm surprised you guys are going with the Ravens. I I think they're a very middle-of-the-pack team. Um, so to answer your question from before, Lamar Jackson started 12 games last year, went 7-5. and five. I don't think they won a game when he wasn't starting. But you may have to verify that. That's probably accurate. They, they lost their last six. That's all I know. Uh, no, I I think they're right in there at 9-8 and eight again. The offensive line, very good. They kind of completely reconfigured their offensive line or wide receiver core, trading away Hollywood Brown. You've got Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace, two young guys who I really like. I'm just not sure they're there yet. Devin DuVernay seems to be the main guy they really want to go with. Mark Andrews is going to be the main target. He's the best of the bunch at top five tight end in the league. And they didn't help having any running backs last year. Now that JK Dobbins, Justice Hill are healthy. They bring in Kenyon Drake. I think the they're going to be improved. The defense, if I look at this, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight guys who are or were Pro bowlers or all pros just off the top of my head. And then Kyle Hamilton, can't forget him coming in. Maybe the the guy some people said is the most talented rookie. He's going to start as a backup safety and maybe become the starter in short order. I just I think it comes down to Lamar Jackson. Can he stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? Can he make the plays, the deep throws that not get picked off any of those kind of issues? If Lamar Jackson stays healthy, keeps the turnovers down, has ball control, all the pieces are there for them to be a Super Bowl team. I've just been very nervous about Lamar Jackson. That's why I think that I think they're number three. I think the Browns are four because Jacoby Brissett's going to win some games for them. He's, he's decent. They may have the best offensive line in the league, even though they lost JC Treader. I think Amari Cooper still has a lot to offer. David Bell, a great young, I want to see what he can do as a rookie. And the defense, Miles Garrett's one of the three best defensive players in the league. Awusu Koromoa is coming along well. Denzel Ward's a top 100 player. Grant Delpit, John Johnson, Greedy Williams. Secondary's fantastic. Offensive line, fantastic. Nick Chubb is a top three running back. I think the Browns are good. They're just in a tough division. They're going to be fourth. Steelers, I'll, I'll, I'll give Ravens second. Steelers third, Browns fourth, but I have to go with the Bengals as crazy as it seems. I know the Super Bowl hangover. You never want to trust a team that just went to the Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm starting to get into the Joe Burrow. I'm believing the hype. It took me a while to get behind him, but the way he's come back from injury, what he's been able to do, Joe Mixon, you look at the amount of snaps, carries and receptions. Joe Mixon is one of the most highly used players, which yes, for running backs, we know means that your career is going to be shorter, but I think he's still in his peak window. He's fantastic. Chase, I I doubted Jamar Chase for a long time. 
He proved me wrong last year. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, nice pieces next to him, really fixing that offensive line. We saw them be amazing last year with no offensive line. And now to bring in Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lael Collins, completely fix the right side of the offensive line. And you still have guys like Trey Hendrickson, Jermaine Pratt, Jesse Bates on the defensive side of the ball. I think this is the Bengals division again, as crazy as it feels to say that Cincinnati can run it back. Would you say that uh, the Ravens are going to the playoffs? Two teams, two teams are going to the playoffs. They're they're on the cusp for me. I, I'm I'm keeping notes here so we can maybe go back and make some playoff predictions later. They're for me. They're in that wild card conversation with a few other teams, but we'll save that for the end. Okay. They'll be on those on those not, I, on those big boards. They'll be in like the contention on week sixteen, seventeen. I hope you're right in that they win it. That'd be so fun. Because I mean, you really what did they lose? They got rid of backup cornerbacks, rebuilt the offensive line. Maybe CJ Uzama's the biggest piece they lost. Is it Jesse there, Bates? The defensive no, Jesse Bates still there. Was it Will something? They're a stronger team. They have better pieces in place. They their team is better than what it was. It's just a matter of saying they're going to perform at just as high of a level. And I don't have that confidence. I'm glad you do. Because you've spent 27 years as a Bengals fan, so you know better? Correct. All right. On to probably the weakest division in the AFC or the the division that's the most stratified. We're going to go down to the south. The Texans and Jaguars are going to be bad. Texans are probably the worst team in the league, if not one of the three worst. Jacksonville, they're young, they're developing, adding a lot of new pieces. I think this is a two-horse race between the Colts and the Titans, and I think the Colts are clear-cut favorites. Granted, I have a huge man crush on Matt Ryan that refuses to go away and put him on one of the best teams he's actually ever been on. you got a great quarterback coach in Frank Reich, a legit defense. Jonathan Taylor might be the best running back in the league. We, I'll save more of my analysis here let you guys go first, but AFC South, Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans. I will, uh, I'll take the Colts to win. Um, part of that is because I just hate the Titans, so I don't want them to win. That's but, random. Uh, who, hates, who hates the Titans? The Titans always beat the, they always beat the Bills, so it makes me upset because the Bills should always beat them and something stupid happens at the end is, of the game. Is this a lose. bluegrass miracle thing? That too. Music lots of miracle, whatever it was. Music, I never, yeah, not the bluegrass. That's blue, like Kentucky. Is that, is that Les Miles? Is that a Les Miles thing? Maybe. Yeah. Kentucky, right? Is that a, that's a Kentucky. A little bitter right? about the forward pass on the kick return. Wasn't that LSU beating Kentucky? Is that what it was? Is that the Bluegrass? A little, a little before, a little before Les Miles, probably. That was. Uh, let's see, was that Guy Morris who recently passed away? Rest in peace. That uh, lost that game after he got his water bath. Yeah, the guy who got lost. the Gatorade bath, and then they lost. Yeah. And he had to go out they and lost. shake hands, all yeah. soaking wet. That's got to be the worst. That's, That's for like terrible. the one percent of people who listen to sports talk remember that game. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, so, Kentucky. That's what came up with the AFC South. Anyway, uh, the Colts, um, obviously Jonathan Taylor is kind of the, the highlight there. And uh, I like Michael Pittman. He's pretty pretty good receiver. Um, you know, Paris Campbell, a younger guy, um, but seems to have a ton of talent. And those Ohio State guys have have turned into be good receivers in the NFL. So kind of feel like you'll have a good career going forward. Defense, solid defense. And then, you know, Matt Ryan, what's what's he going to be like? It seems like he's good enough to be able to uh, help lead a team that's going to be a heavy running team. So I, I think the Colts offense is in a good spot. And yes, I like the coaches um, that they have. They seem to be well coached and get the most out of their team these last few years. You know, defense, they seem good. Got a number of big name guys. Some of them have been around a little bit longer, um, you know, but experience, experience defense is always good. So the Colts and Titans is probably one of those things. They probably play each other in the last week of the season or something like that. And it'll come down to that game to see who wins, but um, I'll take the Colts Titans in second. And after that, it doesn't really matter. I see the Titans as it's like a house of cards. Um, they, they put everything on Derrick Henry's shoulders. And like, as soon as he gets hurt, the whole thing is going to come crashing down. So they're, they're just right there teetering. 
Um, I'm, I'm all in on Mike Vrabel as a coach. I just don't think they're as strong as the team as they were a couple years ago. And then last year they were the number one seed in the AFC and got bounced. So like, are we seeing it crumble before us? They, they have Malik Willis. So Tannehill's on edge looking over his shoulder, Derrick Henry coming off the injury. Like, I just think there are so many things that could go wrong there. And, and they signed Robert Woods. Like I, I want Robert Woods four years ago. I don't want Robert Woods now. Uh, Traylon Burks, like I, there's six wide receivers I would have drafted before him. So there's just all these little things that make you nervous about the Titans. I have no faith in them to do anything and and they're one injury away from being five and 12. So the Colts, the Colts should run away with this division. Um, and, and we'll get to that later. That sets them up pretty well going into the playoffs. I actually like the Texans. The Texans played really well at the end of the year last year. I bet them on the over. I think they're, it was either four and a half or five and a half wins. I bet the over for their season total, uh, because I like what they're doing. Um, once they kind of got out from the, the Bill O'Brien GM era and they've drafted some nice players. They got a good head coach with Lovey Smith. who knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I like the Texans and then the Jags, they have a long ways to go. They're not a good team, but they've got young talent. Um, they, they also have a competent coach. Um, Travis ETN should have a big year. And, and so if, if you're somebody with him on your fantasy team, you got to be excited about it. Uh, so, so let's say, let's say Colts, Titans, Texans, and Jags. And, and while they don't, those bottom two teams don't pose a threat to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a lot better than they were. And they'll at least compete in the division and, and have decent seasons. If you're saying the Texans are good, does that mean you're admitting a certain somebody is good? Who plays for the Texans? Who plays a very prominent role for the Texans? Brandon Cooks, yes, he's pretty good. See, this is Nico nice. Collins, yeah. as well. Yep, yep. That's that's what I was after. Damian that, Pierce. They have an running elite back. skill set from the receivers and running backs to make it really easy for any quarterback to play that position. Oh, that must be what it is. So, if you think the Jags and Texans aren't terrible, who do you think is the worst team in the AFC? Because I can't imagine there's anybody in the West who we haven't gotten to yet. Or who's going to have the worst record? Let's put it that way. The worst AFC the record. Jet, the Jets. I think the Jets will have a worse record than the Jaguars. We need to find some way to wager this because I am all in on the Texans being 2-15. and 15, Despite despite the greatness of one Davis Mills. They have a few different pieces. I feel like they just... Eventually they're going to trade Laramie Tunsil for picks. Some of these other guys are just kind of veterans. Yeah, you have... My my favorite draft pick, Derek Stingley Jr., who you guys poo-pooed back when we were talking about the draft. But oh, I'd, he's I'd, still on the team. <laughs> at least through week one. Um, I think I'm with you on the Jaguars. I, I truly believe Trevor Lawrence is going to be the next great quarterback in this league. Travis Etienne, a guy who missed all last year with injury, he should come back and have a huge breakout. They're incredibly overpaid. Wide receiving core is decent, but not great. Offensive line, same thing. Brandon Scherf is going to be a huge help there. I think the defense is going to be sneaky good this year. I think I talked about them a couple weeks ago with the completely rebuilt linebacking core that could have three rookie linebackers starting by the end of the year, but I think they all deserve it. Add some pieces to the back end, but the Jags and Texans are not going anywhere. The Colts, I don't think the Colts are a Super Bowl team as much as I like. Mr. Matt Ryan, Quentin Nelson's the best offensive lineman in the game. Michael Pittman's ready to break out. I just don't know that they have enough pieces all around. The defense will keep him in there. To me, they feel they feel a little bit like the AFC's 49ers, where they can make a run because the defense is so good, but they need the skill position guys in the offensive line to really step up, and there may be a few holes that a more superior team like a, like a Bills or a soon-to-be-mentioned AFC West teams could exploit. And then, yeah, like uh, Shannon, uh, Shannon, I think you said it. The Titans are one injury away from going 5-12. and 12. Derrick Henry goes down, and they are in trouble. I like Traylon Burks, and I like Robert Woods, but I don't know that either of them are what. Can't forget, this team had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones last year. They're both gone. 
defense underrated on the defensive side, especially Kevin Byard. I will talk forever about how great he is till people listen to me. So some, some individual talents on the Titans, but I think you're right. They're healthy. They're nine and eight injured. They're five and 12. That, uh, they AJ also Brown. lost, they lost. No, go ahead with your AJ Brown thing. So the, uh, how it seemed like when, uh, Julio Jones came, AJ Brown, good, very good player. Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, it seemed like that offense was really, really poised to to be a very solid unit for a couple more years. And then now suddenly two of those guys are just gone. And Derrick Henry missed a lot of last season. And he just kind of forgot that all those guys were on the same team and that they were a really good team for most of last season. And they're, they're still good, but they don't seem anywhere like they'd be close to a one seed. Harold Landry's out for the year. Um, he's their leader on defense. And so like, that's, that's one strike against him before they've even. Yeah. And they, they lost their other two. So he was kind of probably their best edge rusher linebacker. And they also lost Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans in the off season via free agency. So rebuilding that linebacking core, they lost a guy who I've never heard of named Jack rabbit Jenkins. Yes. He, He went somewhere else. Very off topic, but because, Shan, you mentioned uh, Landry being hurt for the season, as I'm looking through these depth charts, the Browns currently have seven guys on their depth chart on IR, which seems like a lot more than anybody else on top of Deshaun Watson being suspended. Like most of these other teams have like two or three guys maybe. Seven seems like the Browns are already in a, a deep hole from an injury standpoint. Yeah, that's probably among the league leaders, I would think. And we saved what we assume is the best for last. The AFC West, this is the one we've heard about all offseason. Basically, since the big move was made by Russell Wilson coming to Seattle, uh, coming from Seattle to join the Denver Broncos. So you've got the Broncos, so the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers, depending on who you talk to. All four of these are playoff teams. The emergence of Justin Herbert with the Chargers, really kind of the final piece to the puzzle there. They went out and got Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, you could argue nobody had a better offseason and acquisitions than the Chargers. The Raiders, the big move bringing in Devontae Adams. We haven't talked about coaches too much on this episode, but Josh McDaniels getting his second run as a head coach, probably in a much better situation with the Raiders. Kansas City basically kind of stayed pat. If anything, they lost a few pieces, but they were basically a living in a mansion anyway. And then the Broncos, as I mentioned, the big move bringing in Russell Wilson for a couple of years. It felt like we were saying the Broncos are just a quarterback away. Well, now they have a chance to truly prove that. I'll save save myself for last. So anything can happen here in the AFC West. How are you guys ranking it? I I'm a huge fan of everything that the Chargers do and have done, and I'm I'm cheering for them. and And that's why it's it's really hard for me to put them first, is because I. Like I want it to happen and I don't know that it will. Um, Justin Herbert, man, he's, he is a freak. He's good. And the the AFC is just loaded with quarterbacks and he's one of them. We saw Joe Burrow break out last year. We've seen Josh Allen break out a couple years ago. We've seen Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes break out. We've seen Deshaun Watson break out. I mean, Herbert, Herbert has weapons. Keenan Allen's older but he's still productive. Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, uh, they, they have the pieces in place. The guy, the, the um, lineman, uh, Rashawn Slater, like he's a road grader for the offensive line. And then they drafted another one this spring. Like the Chargers are poised and ready and they're right there. I, I like everything about them. So I, I'm going to pick them in first. I'll put the Chiefs behind them in second just due to um, they still have a ton of talent. They won on the Tyreek Hill deal. Uh, They still have Travis Kelsey. Mahomes is going to win a bunch of games just by being Mahomes. Their O-line is really, really solid. You win a lot of games by having the O-line. And Andy Reid's a gamer when it comes to the regular season. He'll out-scheme anybody for 17 games. Uh, so, So regular season, he's a good coach. The Broncos third, just due to their upgrade at quarterback, you bring in Russell Wilson. You have a lot of good players um, like 
like Javante Williams at running back, Melvin Gordon's his backup uh, at receiver with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They've done a lot of nice things, but they are in a, a tough division. They're all going to beat each other up. And that's what's kind of fun to think about. And I have the Raiders in fourth. Uh, they they went to the playoffs last year and then fired their coach, uh, their interim coach, instead of promoting him. And and he was pretty loved in the building. I just don't I, I don't see the Raiders lining up with a 30 year old Devonte Adams and being better than those other three teams. Uh, they they brought in some talent but I don't see them as being better than the other three. And that's why I have them at the bottom. So chargers chiefs, Brown. What's say you, Mr. Buffalo. So definitely the most exciting division. And I feel like I have a lot of the same thoughts and feelings as Shannon, that the, the chargers, like you've been waiting for them to just kind of get over that hump. And really, and you, I mean, you see it plenty of times throughout the season, what they can do. Um, but then as a kind of a season as a whole, it just hasn't fully come together. Um, and you start wondering if some of the players they have getting a little bit older been around there. Some of their, um, you know, Austin Eckler seems like he's been there forever. He's probably only 26 or something like that, but he's been around for a long time. Um, you know, the receivers have been around, you know, Keenan Allen, how old he seems super old. That, um, you know, they're kind of getting to that end of the rope with their current main guys that they have. So how can they make that work? Um, and they're just so close and kind of hoping that they get over there because they're a fun team to watch. Um, it's just been really hard to put them over there, over that hump. Um, and, you know, with every, and, you know, you look at every roster, you can look at, you know, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and you look at their lineups, like, okay, this is a good team. I could see this team being a top two team in the division. You say that about all of them. Um, obviously not everyone's going to line up there, but I think it'll be super tight the race um, team stacking up losses against each other. I will, I will deal with the chargers and say that this is the year that they can finally get over the chiefs. They will win the division second place. I'm going to say the chiefs barely get second place. Um, still tons of talent all over the place there. It's hard to, and then the coaching is a big, a big advantage for them as well. Um, I really like the Raiders. I think they have a pretty a pretty good lineup. I've been a big David Carr fan. He seems to get a lot of hate. And so I like to see him succeed and do well. So I will say the Raiders, third place, fourth place, the Broncos. Um, they have good players, and Russell Wilson's obviously pretty good. It just seems like a lot of those skill players are not quite as good. Javante Williams is pretty good. Um, you know, those receivers are decent. It just seems like they're slightly below the groups for the other teams, especially on offense. So I will say they get fourth place, but fun division, lots of good games. Um, probably come down those last few weeks when those teams are all playing each other. It'll be close. It'll be fun to watch. And I think four of the eight best teams in the AFC are in this division. I think every team in this division is better than the AFC South. It's the fourth place team here is better than the Colts, probably better than at least half of the East and the North. If you guys talked about it, you're all in on the Chargers, but we've been saying that for 20 years. I know several times in the past I've been, it's the Chargers year. Oh man, Phillip Rivers, LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates all in their prime, Sean Merriman, all these different guys they had over the years. And we thought they're finally going to do it. Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. They're finally going to get there. They're finally going to get there. And it's just, it's one of those things. The Bills and the Bengals are different because the Bills and the Bengals have sucked. And then it was good to see them get up to the top of the hill. The Chargers have kind of always been there go 10 and seven, maybe dismiss the playoffs, maybe get into the playoffs and get smashed by 40 in the opening round. They look amazing. They have all this talent that you mentioned on the offensive side of the ball. Still, Joey Bosa is a top 30 player in the league. Khalil Max, a hall of famer. JC Jackson might be the best corner. Derwin James may be the best safety. A lot of talent on this team. It's just, it's the chargers. I can't trust them. Uh, we'll get to this in a minute as kind of our wildcard teams. I have the chargers at second, just because there is that talent, but it's the Chargers. We've all been bitten how many times in the last two decades by this team. The Raiders are the ones I can't trust at all because they're the Raiders, so they're going to be down at fourth for me. I still don't think we're necessarily sure who Josh McDaniels is as a head coach. I think great as a coordinator, but there's plenty of guys in this league who are destined to be coordinators. They're not head coaches. 
I am curious to see what this looks like when you add Devontae Adams to Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Darren Waller, I think, is a top three tight end. I'm a huge Josh Jacob fan. Nobody else in the league seems to like Josh Jacobs but me. Derek Carr, same thing. Hugely underrated. Offensive line leaves a lot to be desired outside of Colton Miller. The defense, Max Crosby is amazing. Uh, I like some of the guys in the back on Trevon Merrigan, Rocky scene, but it's it's the Raiders. One of these teams has to get beat up. It's just unfortunate of being in such a tough division. One of these teams is going to be eight and nine, despite being way better than that record. Kansas City to me is very, very curious. It's weird that they're under the radar. It's like we've just grown to expect, okay, this is this or sorry, the Chiefs. It's like we've gotten used to the Chiefs. They're there every year. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they're going to go 12 and five. Nothing to talk about. But I do wonder, is is there a reason we're not talking about them? Is that we're just bored? It's kind of like the Patriots, and we just got to the point of like, yeah, Tom Brady, Belichick, they'll be there. Fine, next. They're boring now. I'm. Are we not talking enough about what they lost? Losing Tyreek Hill, a, one of their premier receivers in the game. Losing Teron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen in the back end. I believe Sorensen may have retired. Uh, the Honey Badgers now with the Saints. But it is kind of suspicious that we're not talking about all the different pieces that the Chiefs lost. I I don't love the running backs. I don't love the wide receiving core. Offensive line is fantastic. Defense, yeah, it's all right. Uh, this is the other guy I'd like to mention when, we, uh, when you guys jump in here. George Karloftis, everybody this week is seems to be saying the exact same thing about watch out for George Karloftis, as though they're the first analyst to say George Karloftis is going to be the rookie of the year. All these national show guys are talking about how great Karloftis is. Not that I disagree with him as a future great player, but I everybody's talking about George Karloftis. Him and George Cook are the two rookies I keep hearing discussed. But I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path. I'm going with the Broncos. Living in the Pacific Northwest, I saw a lot of Russell Wilson in the last couple of years and what he was able to do with no offensive line in a run-heavy scheme that didn't have stellar running backs, he I'm curious to see what DK Metcalf and Russ, uh, Tyler Lockett look like without him. I am all in on Russell Wilson turning around this Broncos team. Offensive line is great. They have every type of wide receiver you could want. The defense is amazing with Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, Bradley Chubb, adding Randy Gregory on that side. So I'm going to go a little against the grain here. I got Broncos one, Chargers two, Chiefs three, and Raiders four. Very nice. I am... Uh the camp that DK Metcalf is no good. So that's, I think he has an upgrade in his receivers with Denver now than what he had in Seattle. That's old, uh, old pick. I, I like it. So to go back Get to him your... at plus two sixty to win the division. If you want to make some money, Darren. Yep. Something I can finally bet on. We talked about so much college football that I'm not allowed to bet on him. I state of residence. Need to get my NFL picks going here. Um, all right. So I'm going to go back through here and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to get playoff picks. So we'll start with division winners. In the East, we all took the Bills. In the North, you two took the Ravens. I got the Bengals. We all took the Colts in the South. And then in the West, you two went Chargers and I went Broncos. Does that sound accurate? So you two have you two have all four of the same, is what I'm saying. Sounds like they're right then. So who are your three wild cards? Whichever one of you wants to go first. I'm happy to go first. I my my three wild cards would be the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. You're not even letting your Bengals get into the playoffs. Kevin. Ruthless world. Um, I'm going to take, uh, I'll have the Bengals being my first, uh, wild card team in. So that puts me at what five yep. and then let's, uh, so let's see, who did I take winning? I took the, the Chargers. So I'll say the chiefs still get in. So that's team six and then seven spot. This would be, uh, this is pretty highly contested in the, and I would, I would say it's probably down to what the team Shannon put in with the dolphins um, after we talked about the Titans, I've kind of talked myself out of thinking they're good. So I'm not going to have them in this, this competition. So I'm going to say Dolphins and Raiders for that last spot. Ooh, um, man, you really don't like the Broncos. No, I don't like the Broncos. Well, I, I, I think they're a good team. I just don't like them as much as I like the Raiders. I think they'll be 
two games behind the Raiders. Um, Dolphins, I'll probably, I'll go with the Dolphins over the Raiders. Um, and that, that big advantage that helps the Bills and the Bengals is that they're not in the West. And so, you know, the teams that we like, big advantage there. And honestly, the Dolphins get also benefit from that advantage that they don't have to have as hard of teams. They get a Jets, they get a break twice compared to what the teams in the West will have to do. Patriots, um, Patriots suck in Miami, so they're going to start 1-0. and um, Maybe even beat them in New England. So I'll take the Dolphins in that last spot, squeaking into the playoffs. And I thought having the Dolphins was going to be a controversial pick by me, but I – so Bills, Broncos, Bengals, Colts are my top four. And I got Chargers five. I got the Chiefs sneaking in there at six. And then I have the Dolphins as my seven seed. I, I didn't think – Anybody else to go with the Dolphins? My my love for Tua and just everything that team did. I I didn't think people were going to be on the Bill uh, Dolphins beam with me. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I'm very nervous about that being <laughs> smart. It sounds not smart because of Tua. So, that's and, not the reason I'm picking them. <laughs> but I think that's that's the big one is I don't have the Ravens in. So I think that's where we differ. With I I was kind of between the Dolphins and the Ravens for who's going to get that last spot. So I think they're kind of have Ravens eight Raiders nine and Titans 10 if I had to round it out. So that's, yeah, I don't feel super confident in the Dolphins, but I think they get in. Raheem Mostert. You have that. Mostert. Was he the big play yeah. guy for the 49ers? Is he the fast guy? Like, yeah, like two years ago. First, yeah. first Super Bowl yeah. run they made, he was He's... the home run hitter. So that's what Chase yep. Edmonds is too. So Chase Edmonds is a home run hitter. Mostert's a home run hitter. Tyreek Hill is. Jalen Waddle's really good. Like, Tua doesn't even have to be that good. He's got enough guys that he can get the ball to in just quick, short distances that he doesn't have to be making big plays. And so I think that's where the Dolphins will be smart enough to not let Tua make too many mistakes to hurt them, and they got enough guys to win enough games with their schedule. Um, still don't feel good about it, but I'm still, I'll stick with the Dolphins. Do you guys like to make Super Bowl picks right now? Of course. Well, the the game tonight should have not slowed down the Bills train. That is uh that is full go. So we'll say the Bills win the AFC, um, which is really hard to do when they're your team to to pick them and everyone else in the world is picking them. That just doesn't feel good. But we'll go with the Bills. Um, you know, I had been thinking the Bucks could get back, but the more I hear about the Bucks, the less I think that's going to happen. I don't think they're they're there. Um, you know, the Packers don't really seem like it. It's kind of like the whole NFC kind of feels that way. The Rams, they seem like they could be in position to come back, but they sure did not look the part tonight. But, um, you know, maybe there's that Super Bowl win hangover coming for them. I still think they're probably one of the more talented teams. So I will say the Rams get back, and you'll see a rematch of tonight. Probably not quite the blowout that you saw tonight, but uh, the Bills will win on a Scott Norwood field goal. <laughs> you can't tell if Shannon's frozen or not interested. He looks, does he look frozen? He does. All right. Well, to fill the dead air, I this could be very different than what I picked last week as well. I was kind of on the Rams, but you said a lot of what I was feeling. Nobody in the NFC really feels all that great. Um, there are certain times where I feel crazy enough to want to pick the Vikings. I was with you. I want to pick the Bucks. I don't trust that the Bucks. Crazy the Vikings. I don't. I don't trust the Packers. I don't trust the Bucks. I don't trust the Rams. I don't think the Niners are good enough with Trey Lance. The NFC East is terrible. But I'm with you. I think the Rams get back. But I think the Broncos. Give me the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson gets it done. Finally gets one. So I'm going Broncos over the Rams. Shannon doesn't get to make a pick because he fell asleep on us and disappeared. Well, well if, if we're going to go crazy and you're going to pick the Rams, my crazy pick, I will go, uh, I'll go with the Saints making the Super Bowl, not winning the Super Bowl. Stop it. Saints they're, getting to the Super Bowl. They're, they're, if they had a quarterback, they'd be very good. Jameis Winston throws lots of touchdowns and interceptions and interceptions. That's okay. No, Shannon no came back deal. to us. No, I I would love the Saints as a contending team if they had a quarterback. They should trade for we're, Jimmy. We oh. we're going with the Broncos and the Saints in the Super Bowl, Shannon. So tell <laughs> us if you think we're wrong. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a uh, lot happened when you were gone. Yeah, it was consensus we came to. <laughs> 
you guys talked your way. I, I bet you that would pay off your mortgage though. If you, you if that hit. Now, when do you yeah, need to figure out what that is on DraftKings? What the plus? We do a, a Broncos over Saints Super Bowl. That's got a. It's got a game. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, shout out to you for hitting that Gabe Davis first touchdown tonight. That was that was baller. That was exciting. That was I don't know if I won any of my other bets. That may have thing else was like fifty cents and a dollar and just a million same game parlays of stupid stuff, which uh I was expecting Cam Akers to get more than zero yards rushing on three carries. So that <laughs> that hurt a few of my things. Um and then I think I think I had another one that would have hit, but I have to look and see. I think uh Henderson for the Rams had maybe too many rushing yards. I gotta see what he finished with. But that would have put a damn. While you're looking one. that up, I, I did you have Matthew Stafford over two and a half interceptions? Because that one would have hit too. Yeah, I did. I had him for yards, I think only. I don't think I had anything with touchdowns. I was really grateful that your team in fantasy really performed the way they did. And now the player that you have in your um, flex scored you zero points. So that's kind of helpful as we go into the weekend for me. They were all really good outside of Cooper cup. Yeah. He decided to show up. He didn't get the memo from the rest of the guys to suck today. So (laughs) Shannon, the moment we've all been waiting for your Super Bowl pick. I've got the Buffalo Bills, it's now or never. This is their year. They they have one chance, and it's this year, so I'm riding with them. Give me the Bills to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Whoa, that's crazier than the Saints. I almost said the Eagles, too. I, I went with the Saints last minute, but the Eagles were going to be my other crazy pick. Well, so my, my actual pick was the, the Bills over the Rams in the rematch. We don't feel good about anything going on in the NFC. Not enough. Yeah, that's kind of a hot mess or whatever. I mean, nobody stands out as excellent without any weaknesses. Right. Well, that's going to be our AFC preview. Thank you all for sticking with us through two weeks of that. It's fun to break it up and be able to really sink our teeth into doing some depth on those. We'll do NFC recaps and stay up to date on news every couple of weeks on here. Uh, before we duck out of here, we do have some college football coming up this week. A lot of really fun cross-conference games. The big one, Alabama-Texas. Some of the other fun ones we have, Tennessee-Pitt. Wisconsin-Washington State is a fun random game. App State could play spoiler to Texas A&M. The Iowa-Iowa State rivalry. Florida-Kentucky in a big SEC matchup. USC and Stanford. BYU-Baylor, where somehow Baylor, the ninth-ranked team, is a three-and-a-half-point underdog. And then a strange matchup of Mississippi State and Arizona. So not a lot of classic rivalries, just a couple, but a lot of totally random non-conference games. What's going to be on your guys' college football menu? Texas getting killed. Um, that's <laughs> going to be pretty exciting. I'm so, the person cheering for Texas in the upset there. So Texas, so that line quickly jumped people on Alabama when it opened. Um, it has slightly came back. I think it was up to 20 and a half. It looks like it's at 20 now. Um, and Texas fans truly think that they are going to be very competitive in this game and potentially win this game and that that will not be all that crazy. Um, outside just being normally crazy people when it comes to expect expectations of their team. A couple of years ago when they played Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson at Texas, they only lost by like a touchdown, maybe 10 points, something like that. But it was a close game late into the fourth quarter before Justin Jefferson had like a 65-yard touchdown or something like that. So they actually think that they're competitive. The problem was they had better players back then. Um, they do not have those good players. This is the team that got completely destroyed by Iowa State last year and lost like six straight games. They've added a few a few people here or there, but they still have a lot of gaps. You listen to a lot of the – the talk in the summer about their team. There's a lot of holes still out there, but now all their fans have kind of forgotten about all those holes that they were talking about two months ago because they beat a really terrible team by 20, 30 points, something like that. So this will be extra fun because they think they're going to be competitive and then it's going to look like Georgia, Oregon. So that's going to be pretty fun. So that's, that's like almost my highlight of the weekend is just watching Texas get killed 
can't wait for that. Um, Iowa State, Iowa, obviously very fun. Um, lots of hype last year. This year, very little hype, just given the situation leading into it and what the Iowa looked like and Iowa State losing their teams. Um, I would say without kind of saying individual matchups too much, overall, just a really good slate from what you talked about. Just a lot of random Power 5 matchups. Um, or at least good teams matching up that probably don't play each other a lot or haven't for a while, um, which normally week two kind of sucks. So I'm excited that week two is really good. The the uh, the game I want to point out, out, Darren, I don't know if you call them like the a five-star lock or, or what kind of fancy term you want to use, but like if you're looking to to buy something extravagant, you're going to put all your money on Florida over Kentucky stone cold lock. Uh, Richardson is the man and Florida is going to expose Will Levis or Levis or Beavis or however you say his name, the Kentucky quarterback. Uh, They're not. No. Okay. They're going to destroy him. And, and Anthony Richardson is the real deal. So, Florida over Kentucky in your lock of the week. Is that a, is that a money line pick? Or are we taking the uh, minus six in the Florida Gators? Take take the six. I can't wait till Anthony Richardson gets Spencer Rattlered just because I'm so sick of everybody falling in love with him off one game. Now I want him to get lose his job. Even though I'm a closet Florida fan, I just everybody lost their mind over one game of Anthony Richardson. See, the, the problem is he's he's really good because of his running. His throwing is okay. He's not even that great of a thrower. I don't know if he's ever really had much for stats in the throwing department, but he's just extremely good at running. And there is like the people that are really fast so they can run, and the people are pretty big so they can run. And he's both of those. But there's there's another skill set to, uh, to be able to run and know where you're running and run at the right time and run in the right places and not just be fast and big. And it seems like he can do that. And so when you see him running last weekend, it looked a lot like Vince Young running back in the day. And there's been plenty of other guys that size and speed. So it's not just a big size and speed, but uh, the ability is probably not quite as good of a passer as Vince Young was in college yet. But um, he's he's definitely got time to get to that level. And so any given week, he can be super Super, super good, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has some really bad weeks if teams can figure out how to not let him run. Anything else we need to discuss this week? Um, since you both cast your Heisman vote for Anthony Richardson, I'm uh, I'm t- I'm all in on USC beating Stanford by it was like eight and a half or something like that. I see a lot of people saying Stanford to take Stanford just because of history. USC doing bad at Stanford and uh, Caleb Williams bad on the road and the type type of teams that. Um, Lincoln Riley has struggled against Kansas State, Iowa State. That probably falls into what Stanford is. But I'm going to ignore all those little points that people want to point out as why USC is going to not do as well this week. I'm going to say eight and a half points. Take USC. They're going to wow. They're put the beat down. That's Stanford. bold. Have you guys watched Stanford play football in the last like two years? They were terrible last year. I doubt they got a bunch of new good guys. They have Tanner McKee. That's all I care about. <laughs> They got Emmett Smith's kid and whoever that guy you just said was, I guess. So it might be kind of close, but that's that's a ten point win gets you the gets you the win there for USC. So I think USC will get that done. So USC Florida both to cover the spread is plus two seventy two on a parlay. Oh, but get get Alabama Ooh. in there too. Get yourself to plus five ninety six or something. Don't forget, we have UFC 279 coming up tonight. It's crazy. It feels like we just had a UFC major card, and there's another one coming up. Uh, you got Hamzat Shemaya versus Nate Diaz, and what may very likely be Nate Diaz's last UFC fight. So if you want to throw in some UFC parlays on there, uh, Hamzat Shemaya is a minus 1150 favorite. That does not sound close. But if you want to, I'm telling you, go crazy. Nate, You can get Nate Diaz at plus 750. If, uh, if he wins, how is he going to win? Do... Uh, Diaz is a long fight fighter. He's gonna he's a deep water. He's a gas tank guy. So he'd probably have to win by decision. I don't think he could knock him out, but he would have to go the distance and win by decision. 
I don't know enough about the other guys on the card. Tony Ferguson is curious. The UFC website doesn't have odds for their fight, but the Tony Ferguson and the guy Lee Jingliang, who I don't know anything about, but Tony Ferguson used to be one of the best in the world and has steadily fallen down the card in the last couple of years. But depending on what the odds are for that, it may be an interesting one to slip in there, but go crazy. Put 10 bucks on Nate Diaz. So to, to win by decision, Nate Diaz plus 1800. Get after it. You got any money other money makers for us? Because these are some pretty big spreads on all the fights. Okay. Then I will I will do my research, but they're probably not worth it. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. You got our betting tips to cap it off. We like to send you home with ways to win a whole bunch of money. Probably won't happen, but it sounds good right now. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week in a, a slightly delayed fantasy football show because one of us doesn't know how to schedule our shows and do things in advance, so... We need to get the NASCAR playoffs snuck in here so Shannon can tell us why Denny Hamlin's going to win it all. Uh, I I won't be able to come up with a reason why Denny Hamlin will win it all. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week.